to this week's podcast. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month of the October 2020. Can you believe that? In the COVID 2020, we actually have something that's still happening. Halloween might not. I don't know about Christmas, but Breast Cancer Awareness Month is still out there. And my name is Tina again, for anyone who is new here with our podcast this week, I am an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author, a financial expert, and an app developer of Your Backup Plan app. And I am in Vancouver, BC, and you can expect product reviews, workshops, tricks, tips, and interviews on my channel with real life people and their real life stories. And so if you're new here, please go ahead and click on the subscribe button so that you get notified when our new live videos and uploaded videos get put on our site. So I am so grateful and happy to be here today with Erica Patterson, who is now my dear friend. I don't know, we just met, but hey, um, we, we set it off right away. Um, and I'm so lucky to have you on our podcast this month, um, Erica, and I'd like to say welcome, welcome, Thank you. welcome. So Erica, what would you like to tell about your journey with Breast Cancer Awareness Month this month? It's breast cancer awareness, I know. And it's interesting, here we are dealing with a pandemic, which is horrific and it's scary and there's so much going on in our world. Um, but the statistics still continue in that one in every three women are diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was diagnosed with cancer in March of 2016. And I can remember sitting down with friends and feeling like this was a whole woe is me experience. How could this be that something like this can happen to me? I mean, I was, you know, healthy, I thought, um, and doing all the right things. And here I was um, being told that I had stage two um, breast cancer. Um, and my girlfriend was the one who said, you know, there's one in every three women that are being diagnosed every single day That's with amazing. breast cancer. Yeah, it, it, it was an astounding statistic and it definitely took me out of the running of being special. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm one of thousands of women who are battling with this um, and have this issue that arises in their lives as all of a sudden a trauma where they're um, dealt, dealing with something extremely scary. Um, and although I had phenomenal, a phenomenal surgical team, um, obviously the thought of death yeah. comes into your mind. It is an inevitable thing that you're going to right away think, okay, what's gonna happen with me? Um, and you know, the whole experience from being diagnosed to having a double mastectomy and then eight months later being, uh, having a reconstruction was, was traumatic. I mean, if you're losing a limb, let's face it. It doesn't mean it's an arm or a leg. 
you're still losing a body part and it's extremely traumatic. Um, and I think that society needs to really appreciate. And as women, we are the nurturers. We are the ones that are having children. We use our breasts for so many effective and important things other than just looking good, um, you know, and so it, it's something that we forget is such an important piece to our identity. It sure is. I think yeah. our hair is, our, our breasts are, because we all know they have a purpose. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was diagnosed in March and it was interesting because I never thought that death was going to be something that I would need to consider at such a young age, yeah. you know, and it was such a wake up call for me. Um, and I will add that I was also in a uh, toxic relationship that also ended around the same time. So my life did a 360 degree of change because not only was I dealing with breast cancer, I was getting out of a bad relationship um, and the process of healing was was super, super important for me and changing so many things. I mean, my whole life changed. The way I ate changed and I thought I was eating pretty good, yeah. but I was super, super conscientious about everything that I put into my body. Um, you know, as soon as I was told I was allowed to exercise, I began doing things like that um, and starting to take my health so much more seriously than, I mean, you just don't think about it. You know, you don't ever think that somebody's going to tell you, you have stage two cancer and we have to operate. Yeah. And, and do something right away. And do something right away. Life I often, sorry. Life changing is what it is. It's totally life-changing. And I opted for a double mastectomy. Obviously, there's all kinds of different opportunities and choices that are available to women. Um, I was of the mindset that if this was going to happen to me once, it was not going to happen to me again. There was no fucking way I was going to deal with this shit twice in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I made a decision to do both breasts calling it a day, moving on. Um, and I was going to deal with it once. And that was the only time I wanted to discuss the issue. Um, but it did prepare me or it, I should say it did make me think about being prepared. I'm single. I live on my own. Um, you know, and all of these different things that I was dealing with. Um, and then having to think, okay, do I know who's going to take care of me if, if I need help? If you needed it, right? If I needed help, yeah. yeah. You know, um, and making sure things like my will, you know, we often leave those things until the last moment. Um, and but I think sometimes that you don't have that last moment. Exactly. You don't have the moment to think about it. So it's best to get it done when you're clear of mind, you're able to kind of articulate what it is exactly that you want, specifically down to the nitty gritty, dotting your I's, crossing your T's. Um, and so I put those different things in place for myself 
to make sure that the people that were closest to me knew exactly where I, where, what I needed, what I wanted and what I expected. Talk to my best friend about my will. I talked to my daughter about my will. You know, I talked to my family about what I was doing so that, I mean, you know, we never want it. And I knew that I wasn't going to die, but I also knew that I needed to be smart. Yes. And I just want to kind of continue with what you were saying, because I tell people in every single podcast, every single one, and that is to have a family conversation, have a family meeting. And that's exactly what it brought you to do so that so that you felt you had the support because it it's giving you that strength and that inspiration to get your crap together and actually have that conversation about it just in case yeah i mean the the success rate of of a breast cancer patient is pretty high unless it's quite advanced and i'm not a doctor but I work with doctors. Um, and so I know that, you know, the success rate of, of, of this particular cancer, unless it's very advanced, is pretty high. Um, but having said that, um, regardless of what the trauma is, whether it's cancer or a stroke or a heart attack or a car accident, whatever it is that's going to debilitate you or put you out of work for any period of time, yeah. you need to have a plan B. My banker actually, my bank actually said to me um, when this all happened several years ago that she was impressed because they tell us that you're supposed to have about three months of uh, pay or salary expenses in your bank account so that in case of something happened, you know, um, and 99.9% of our world, I would say, and I'm just throwing that number off the top of my head, probably do not. Exactly. And I know they don't because we all live and spread our, we need this, we need that, we're going to go buy that. But I would like to tell people out there is to consider when they have a good income and nothing is wrong, because this is part of the planning process, to get yourself a line of credit that just sits there that you don't use, but you, you could use it then for your moment in time where your life changes. Yeah, I was lucky. I had, um, I had my own business at the time. Um, and I had a TFSA account. And I had money set aside um, for savings. And I was able to draw from that for a period of time while I was um, recovering, you know, right. and while yeah. I was healing. And for those that don't know what a TFSA is in Canada, in other countries or other provinces, um, it would be something of a savings account that you've you've put aside and it grows while you're not using it. Just, yeah. just in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> Good point. Good point. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that was good. That was really good. Good. Are you happy with that? I that's excellent. And I think everybody should do that. Because sometimes once you get cancer, 
And then you go into the bank and say, can I get a line of credit? But you're going to have three to six months off work. That doesn't work so well. No. And the bank doesn't want to hear that kind of thing. So, I mean, this conversation happened with the bank quite a while ago. And then it's interesting because I just had another meeting with my bank manager probably about a month ago. And it was a similar conversation, you know, continuing on the process of putting money away into savings. Now we're talking retirement. Now we're talking, you know, want to make sure we have an extra whatever set aside for that nest egg. How much do you want to retire? You know, I mean, I know that we get in Canada uh, benefits for retirement, but I know what people are living on and I know what I need to live on. Right. And there's no way that I could live on those who are living on a, a you know, a Canada pension plan. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't survive. Just no way. Um, and so, you know, talking about planning ahead, thinking about your future, um, not thinking doomy and gloomy necessarily, but being prepared, thinking outside of the box and making sure that you have everything set up, um, you know, even little things like, do your friends and family know where your keys are? If you live in an apartment, do you have an extra set of keys in someone else's hands? Um, I'm single. So I've created a system for myself where people know where things are in the event of an emergency. Because right. um, I don't know. No. Well, you, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so this was a true, real eye-opener um, for you. Did you meet some great people along your journey? I met some great people. I have great people in my life. Um, I have an amazing group of friends. Um, but I keep a close group of friends. I don't have a large group of friends. Um, because I'm also empathic and very intuitive. And so I'm conscientious and very cognitive of that. Um, so I'm, you know, I have, I have a good group of people that, that are always available. Um, but I'm also a very independent, have my shit together lady. Yeah. So, you know, unless there's a, a, an emergency whereby I could not drive somewhere I handle it on my own. Right. Um, not that we always want to, but... Um, no, but I mean, you know, that's just the way it, it works out sometimes, right? Right. And we just need some space and time to to figure ourselves out if you've gone through a separation or divorce for any listeners out there. Um, we need to take that time for ourselves. And um, I think when you get told that you have cancer, it's a time when you actually look at yourself. It's a time to start looking inside yourself and have self-love and start doing things for yourself. Because I know for myself that women in general are always nurturing, are always making sure that everyone else has done their exercise. Everybody else has their dinner ready. Everybody else has their lunch packed you know, but where, where's ours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ourself to make sure that we are living what we need to. So hopefully we can inspire anybody listening to maybe start thinking about themselves a little bit more. Yeah, 
and I'm a, I'm a people pleaser um, by nature. I will always work to please people. Um, and oftentimes that is at the sacrifice of myself. Having had breast cancer and also uh, going through um, and finalizing a bad relationship and ending a bad relationship um, taught me the hard way that I need to take care of me. And really, some people are going to like me. Some people aren't going to like me. And that's okay. The important thing is that I'm, pardon me? Some people are going to love you. And then some people are going to love me. But I mean, living in your authentic self, being you, and as we like to say in energy is doing you yes. is way more important than making sure the next guy is happy because you're in their space. Right. Doesn't matter because when you go home and you lay your head on your pillow, it's your peace that is going to let you sleep. Because it's in your head. Not that guy. Right. So um, tell me, was there anything scary about this journey for you, Erica? Did it, was there a scary, the most scariest moment? Like, was there, was it before you had your surgery? Was it, is there anything that you forecast coming up that would be scary? Like, what part of it was kind of a, this is real? Yeah, I think for me, it was hearing the word. It was hearing the word cancer. I think the part that was scary, um, the process leading up was interesting. Um, I had a, usual, a regular mammogram. Um, two weeks later, I had a ultrasound. I think a week later, I had a 3D ultrasound. And it wasn't until they said, you need to do a biopsy oh. that a light switch went on inside and like, why do I need a biopsy? Yeah, what's what's, wrong? what's, what's to biopsy, I'm you know? Superwoman, what do I need that for? <laughs> what, do you, what do you need to biopsy my boob for? <laughs> <laughs> and it really didn't click in until they said that. And then things started to feel a little heavier in my heart. Um, and I think the thing that was scary was when I was sitting in my doctor's office, my family doctor, and she said to me that I have stage two um, ductal carcinoma. And I just, you know, you just never want, you just, you just never imagine you're going to hear those words no. um, from anybody. Um, I work in medical clinics and for years and years and years, I worked for a surgeon who specialized in gastrointestinal diseases and cancer. And he was actually the surgeon who did my surgery um, because as soon as I found this out, he was still on my speed dial and I telephoned him and his office and told them what was happening. Um, and he made me feel safe and fine and comfortable um that's important very and i think you know going through this experience having the right medical team 
And it's so hard because you just never know, but having a good medical team of people who make you feel safe um, and that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and that we have caught this in time because to me, I think stage two, gosh, that's like, we're starting to elevate now. Next is three, four, you yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> how long does it take to go from one part to the next? I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Not sure how long. No, I don't either. I don't either. And I sure as hell wasn't going to sit around and wait. <laughs> getting this done we're getting this done as quickly as we physically can um and i love our canadian medical system because they do take these things very seriously um and this was something that you know the diagnosis happened in march and in may i was in the operating room was there issues around covid for you this year with that um in what regard like with oh because they don't have their same surgery times everything is more limited oh my surgery was in 2016. oh okay because i'm yeah. just it'd be a, an issue this year you know for yeah i you know i don't know um i do know that um the ors are just taking emergency surgeries um, and they are taking patients who are needing, I mean, if you need an operation, you're going to need an operation. Um, and the doctors are PPE'd up anyway, <laughs> yeah. all the time. So they're wearing a normal um, wardrobe of gloves, mask, and gown um, anyways, and that's their normal attire. So they're used to this. Yes. Um, but I did hear a little birdie came to my window today and said that you're going to have some awesome, awesome boobs done. I had some awesome boobs done. So my, my new, oh, you mean my tattoo? Uh, yes, but I heard that you do have awesome boobs now, but your tattoos are sound wonderful. Yeah, so I've been posting on my social media, um, on my Facebook and Instagram, and, and I think my LinkedIn account, um, because for, okay, so my cancer was in, in March of 2016. I had my surgery in May. I had the reconstruction factor done in January, and they do immediately give you the opportunity to have your areolas tattooed um, so that you have the nipples which is lovely. And some women go with that and that's phenomenal. I did not do that right away because I wasn't sure yet what I wanted to do. And my surgeon said, there's no rush. It's not like there's a time frame involved here. And we're now in 2020. So it's taken me this long. Um, I've looked at a lot of tattoos. I'm super stoked um, because starting next Friday, I have a breast tattoo um, that I'm going to be getting that's basically going to cover, you know, both sides. And then on the left side, there's going to be an anchor um, with uh, some butterflies and the breast um, cancer insignia logo in there. Um, I'm super stoked. It'll be nice. Yeah, oh. fun. 
That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because people are like, why are you getting a tattoo? And I said, you know, I went through hell. Yeah. I went through hell and everybody remembers their hell a different way. For me, it, I twisted it and made it positive. You know, when people would say to me, gosh, it's horrible that you have to and you not only lose one breast, but you lose, lost both. I would chuckle and say, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a mature woman and I get new boobs. Perfect. Right? I mean, can that be so bad? You know, I have not needed to wear a bra. I'm not worried about saggy boobs. <laughs> <laughs> little things like that, that, you know, it, kind of think about as you get a little older. <laughs> because we can, we can try to find the funny and the humorous and the lovely positive things that do come out of something that's a journey. And those are your nice little things. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And you should be proud and happy that you're doing that. I'm quite excited. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. It'll take about a month and a half to finish oh. uh, because it's quite a large, it's a large piece. I mean, it's covering both breasts. <laughs> well, it sounds, it's going to be beautiful. I wish you could show us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had, I don't have a photograph of it in front of me, unfortunately, otherwise I would. But if you check my Instagram or my Facebook account, it's sitting there. Well, for anybody out there, um, you can check on Erica's Instagram and Facebook page if you want to follow her story. I, I'm sure that she would love to have others watch. And um, it's such a positive turn or twist on it, you know, from, from yeah. hearing that you have it to the outcome um, and your journey. It's, it truly is amazing. And what you've become out of it not only, you know, physically, but it changes you mentally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing a lot of internal uh, work, a lot of mindfulness, um, definitely living in your authentic self and not living to please others, live to please yourself. And of course, others are going to be pleased along the way because they should be happy for you just because you are living authentically. And that should be the lesson because I think honestly, as women particularly, we live so much to please our children and our parents and our, you know, our spouses. And we forget that we are people too. And we need to take care of ourselves too. You know, it wasn't until I had cancer that I actually figured out that self-care was not just taking care of me, but it was taking care of people around me because I was taking care of me. But it, that just comes out when you're taking care of you. Yeah. That energy, it's that yeah. that you're creating um, come to me because yeah. it's the vibration. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's that vibration. It's that energy that you have. Exactly. So it's, it's super cool. Yes, it was a traumatic experience. Yes, there were days where it was scary. 
you know, yes, it wasn't, you know, I wish I didn't have to, but I did. And not only did I survive, I thrived and I continue to thrive. And I'm a single woman living in Vancouver, <laughs> you know, and loving life. And so you should. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I always tell people, you only have one chance. You yeah. don't get a second opportunity to make this work. So, you know, every day that I wake up, especially, especially I remember right after my cancer and right after my surgeries, when I would wake up in the morning, I would wake up, open my eyes and take a minute to breathe and then just say, thank you. Absolutely. Because you don't know. No, you don't. No, you don't know. And I wake up every day to this day being thankful that I get another day to live. But when we don't do that, I'm just going to say that we think we're Superman because yeah. we live our lives so fast and COVID did hit us all and say, you can't start, keep living life fast in the fast lane. You need yeah. to sit down and fix things. So I think we have a little bit of opened our eyes a little bit for that. But when something hits you like that, I think we become more grateful for the little things in life. And, you know, breathing, waking up the next day. Why, why shouldn't we be grateful? But when we think we're Superman, we aren't grateful. It's interesting, COVID is a whole new, you know, that's a whole new dragon. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to my best friend's husband. Um, I went to go pick up something and we were social distancing because it was right at the beginning and everybody was very conscious and careful. And I saw him in the backyard and as we were speaking, and this was in the summertime, I asked him how he was coping with everything because obviously there's a lot of mental health around this. Yeah. and it's big deal and he said to me you know and he had he's a he's a father of a three and a half year old and twins 10 month old twins and he said to me you know I get the opportunity for the last six eight weeks to hang out with my family to spend time with my kids that I'm never going to get back who can complain about that in the middle of the summer it's beautiful um is it ideal no but you know there's got to be a good out of everything that's bad otherwise we're living in a doom and gloom environment where everything is depressing and there's nothing that's happy around us um and that's no fun and COVID sucks but it's not going away so we just we're just gonna need to learn what we need to do to make it functional for us. But with yeah. your experience that you had in 2016, what would you say to people having to go through that this year in COVID? Because if we're already isolated and we have these feelings of this journey that we just started and heard the C word for, um, that must be double as hard, I, I, I would have to admit. You know? Yeah, so if it's happening during COVID, I think that um, your your surgical team, you know, stay in touch with your physician um, and trust the people around you. Um, 
you know, and I know that in our medical society or in our medical world, they do try to handle things as expeditiously as they possibly can. And I don't think that there's, that the major surgeries, I don't think those have stopped. They're still happening. It's just maybe not at a, not at the same pace, um, but they're but still happening. Mentally, it must be horrific to experience being told what you're going to have your next six or 12 months look like, and then go through this COVID where we're not really talking, we're isolated, we're, you know, at home a lot, you know, where those negative feelings can even be higher, I would think. So for any listeners out there, maybe you might have a little tip that during COVID, it's, it's hard to love yourself. It's hard to overcome the negative feelings of hearing that word. It's, uh, you know, I can imagine how tough that would be. I think um, meditation, you know, if you are, if you have any faith, having a faith-based um, belief system, um, a good core of friends, Doing Zoom meetings, perhaps? Doing, I, you know, doing Zoom meetings, absolutely. Facing FaceTime. Um, I mean, I still do Zoom meetings and FaceTime with my family um, just because they're elderly. My mom and dad are elderly and, and seeing them is, is just not conducive. Um, and I wouldn't want to put them in jeopardy. But just keeping your, um, your bubble small but making sure that you're always, you know, being, it's easy to say, be positive. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> Very it's hard. It's hard to do. But I think meditation was a big thing for me. I did a lot of meditation. Um, you know, I am also faith-based. So, you know, for me, it was just leaning on and trusting people. Um, was important for me. I'm having faith. Yeah. Just, you know, trust the journey, trust the process and trust the medical system and your surgeons. Um, and have a close group of positive family and friends that you can reach out to at any time. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, Tina, I'm the type of person that if someone is negative, and depending to what degree of negativity they are, I will eliminate them from my life. Just now get, that may, yeah, app. you know, I mean, and that may sound hardcore for people who are listening to this, um, but I'm going to marry two things together here. I was in a toxic relationship and I had breast cancer. My toxic relationship was with an alcoholic the stress, the anxiety, the, the worry, the, all the negative stuff that happened in that relationship. And I'm a firm believer, uh, because I'm a health coach, I'm a firm believer that our health and our life and disease are married. Absolutely. So if you have diabetes and all you're doing is eating sugar cookies all day, or drinking pop, 
I wonder why. <laughs> so I was in a toxic relationship with an alcoholic and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. He moved in around the same time that I was diagnosed. And all of that together, I truly believe, played an impact on why I was told I had cancer in the first place. So keeping positive people in your life, it's paramount. Living authentically, it's paramount. Pleasing others, oh my gosh, absolutely. Don't be afraid to be you, but keep in mind that the consequence you need to also make sure you're living authentically and if you're not you're too busy ple pleasing other people and you're not living in your authentic self there's so much garbage that can happen in between that i'm probably the healthiest i've ever been in my entire life emotionally psychologically spiritually physically not physically yeah Absolutely. No, that that sounds absolutely wonderful. I hope I hope that we've helped some listeners out there to yeah. you know I know some men get breast cancer as well and it's a, a very difficult um, thing for for men to uncover and talk about. Um, it happens to both. It's called gynecomatia. Yes. Yeah. That, that can be, you know, another issue, but for women, yeah. we're talking about um, this today. I feel that, I, I hope that people can get some positive inspiration from your journey that you've had, because when you've experienced, I bet if I had have asked you, you know, in 2016 in March, when you heard the words from your doctor, that I'd say you're going to be on a podcast talking about this. <laughs> I'd say not in your life. I'd say not in your life. There's nothing I want to talk about. This is scary shit. I don't really want to relive this again and again and again. But here I am. And it's interesting, Tina, because the truth of the matter is that we go through things for our own personal development, for sure. But also to be able to share with other people what we went through so that maybe somebody who's going through something similar um, can also know that there is actually a light at the end of that dark, 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 dark tunnel. Yeah. And yeah. you just need to see that door open. Yeah. Like, and then that will give you trust and faith to move forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you have anything else to mention that you wanted to not forget? Well, I think, you know, if I was going to say anything, just as a last piece of um, suggestions is, is just really for everybody just to be prepared. You know, just know, none of us ever want this trauma ever, any kind of trauma, even a job loss is trauma, you know, um, COVID is trauma, not working during COVID, all of those things are traumatic. And I think we need to, as a society, and Tina, this is where you are such an important tool, 
is to be prepared, to know what steps we should take, could take, haven't taken, but haven't taken yet, but we need to do um, in order to prepare ourselves, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have children, not children, man, woman, you know, you need to know in case of. Right. I think that's super important because that was the thing that woke me up where I was like, oh my God, I don't have a will. I don't have, you know, things put together for my family and my friends in case of, you know, it was a big wake up call for me. Like, okay, um, what do I need to do? No. And then you're rushing around and scrambling. <laughs> yes. And it might, and, and, and it's the pressure and the tension and the anxiety and, and you're having to deal with the emotional part where you could have done it before. And yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for those lovely words of, of inspiration for your story. Um, I hope that, you know, women and men out there can, can reach out to you. Um, and I think we all go through some trauma in our life and have a journey for some sort of lesson that we need to learn. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I'm so grateful for meeting you, Erica, on LinkedIn. Imagine that. I know, super cool. <laughs> so, so cool. Look at, we could meet anybody from anywhere, right? Yeah. And I just want to reach out to everyone that's listening today um, that I hope that we've inspired and motivated you to look at your own situation and your own plan and what your unique plan might look like for you. So take a moment and share this video with those that you love and care about because it will make a huge impact to them and to you. Our website is www.yourbackupplan.ca. We are on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. We have um, a podcast every week. You can find us to listen to more real life stories of real life people on eight platforms. Um, and because, you know, not only do our own lives matter, this, this is what it brings out to me talking to Erica today, but family matters too. And we matter to ourselves. So thank you again, Erica. I want to send light and love to you, send blessings to your journey and that um, you have transformed into a beautiful, beautiful woman. Thank you, you're very kind, thank you. It was lovely being with you today, lovely. Um, I know we're gonna talk about this more. Um, we found out in our discussion for all our listeners that we have more in common than what meets the eye. So I, I know we can do this again, Erica. I Absolutely. I loved it. I love our listeners. Thank you so much. Um, I know we have more to say, but um, we will end it there for our podcast this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Erica, for, for coming out and talking to our listeners. Most welcome. It was my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks again. Lots of love to everyone. Bye for now. <laughs>